Hello to you and welcome to Mastering Success, hosted by yours truly, Brett D. Scott. Mastering Success is a platform for successful individuals to share their journey, inspire, and give hope to us all. Speaking about hope, if you're interested in reading my triple best-selling book, I Fly, a collaborative anthology of 20 authors sharing their stories of triumph through some very trying adversity, you'll find the link on this page or check Amazon to order. Without further ado, let us turn on the mic, turn up the speakers and listen to this next episode with anticipated excitement. We are live. I'm super excited, Miss Pam, because, uh, you know, like we, we've had a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a chat previously to sort of, you know, talk about some different ways of growing and enhancing what you do, which I think what you do is just incredible. Uh, and hence why I said, hey, I'd really love to get you on my podcast and really like, and it's probably, I'm, be- <laughs> I'm being a little bit uh, transparent here. It's probably more for me to learn more about you <laughs> than me sharing with everyone else. So uh, I'm excited. By the way, I love your hair. Your hair looks Beautiful. Thank you. A couple of glasses too. I feel like, oh, geez, mine are a bit plain compared to yours. So, uh, <laughs> You're a glasses with, guy too, no? I yeah. Well, I have a cup. I have a couple of different ones here, but yeah, they're not as uh, extravagant as yours. But um, they're not a statement. No. Well, I'm wearing very plain clothes today, so you know the glasses create the statement. That's true, and I I do have the floral and the and the right. What, what color pink do we call this? I don't know. Like a. I don't know. It's like a washed out cedar. <laughs> Washed out cedar. Washed out cedar. Okay, let's go with that. Um, okay. So, Pam, now um, this is, you know, as we discussed, very last minute. We were trying to work out, trying to get our schedules put together. And uh, and I said to you, oh, normally I like to give people like a week at least sort of lead in so people know to get excited and get pumped up and maybe do a little bit of research. Who is this Pam lady and what is she about and what can I learn and why should I come and listen? Well, just come and listen. Today. Just come and listen. There's <laughs> going to be some great things I know Pam is going to share. The one thing I highlighted, and I'm sure it's something you're proud of, and it's something that um, definitely pricked up my ears or my eyes. I don't know. I was looking, so I guess it was my eyes, which was you were featured uh, or highlighted in Oprah magazine. Mm-hmm. So Twice. Twice. Oh, my gosh. Twice. <laughs> ah, okay. So I really want to. I really want to get into that. But before we do, because this, this show, as you know, is called Mastering Success. And, you know, we never master it, let's be honest. Uh, it's kind of a, not an oxymoron, but it's kind of a, uh, it's, you're, ne- you're never going to master it. But, however, you have mastered your journey towards success and there's been some ups and downs. And so what I'd love to find out is how did your journey start? Because I know there's a few different aspects to what you do and I'm going to sort of open up and share a bit of that bit about that which I'll give a quick snapshot you're a creator as in you're very creative you've got some creative elements to help people to get off their phones which you'll you'll explain what that business is you're a podcaster of course like me Mm -hmm. um I would dare say a lot more uh a lot more notable as in a lot more uh (laughs) you're more known that's what I'm trying to get you're more known and you've been doing it a lot longer than me and uh, and I would dare say you are really good at your craft in that part. You're also a business coach, and uh, you 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 know as the heading um, as the heading alludes, you know you're 
you're basically spreading ideas and moving people. And so we'll dig into that uh, as we go along. But yes, take us back to how did it, how did the journey start for you? Where did it start? Wherever you feel like starting us off. It's been on for a long time. I think it started with what's coming right now. It started with going to college because in I grew up in Mexico City. Yeah. And in Mexico City, the way that universities work is, or in the city at least, there's three main universities, public universities. And so I went to private formative education. And so that because I went to private school, I didn't, I couldn't automatically go into a public school. I had to take a test and I'm ADHD, which makes standardized tests even much more harder than they're supposed to be because they're not made for neurodiverse brains they are made for neurotypical brains. And so what happened is that I didn't make it to the university that I wanted. And I took the test twice. And every time I was, I was short by like one or two answers. And I was like, what has happened? Like I'm studying, I'm trying to do whatever I'm supposed to do, whatever they say that you're supposed to do to pass the test. And it's not happening. And I was born in the U.S. So I have the privilege of having a U.S. citizenship. And, but I had always been in Mexico City. And at that point is when I said, well, I have this thing that people just coveted so much, this U.S. citizenship. Why don't I use it? And I think that because I'm, I was born there, I can go to college, right? Isn't that what how it works? That's what I thought. So I... A lot of my family is in LA. I have one uncle in the middle of the country and talking to my mom, telling her what I wanted to do. She talked to my uncle and he was like, you know what? There's, there's a college here in the, in the town that we live in. Why don't you tell her to look at it? So I looked at it. It looked fine in pictures on the internet. And I decided to move to the Midwest in the US right after college by myself with two pieces of luggage. <laughs> to my uncle's house. <laughs> and so I arrived into this college that I'd never been in. And I said, well, I'm a US citizen. I want to study here. And they were like, hmm, that's not how it works. There's a whole process to follow. <laughs> and that though, however, I think in at that moment, I learned determination, determination and decision-making because I had made a decision that I was going to study in the US because clearly... The path was not paved for me to study in Mexico City and looking for other opportunities that was right there in front of me. And so I got there. They were very confused. They didn't know how to treat me because I was an international student with a US, U.S. citizenship. And so I couldn't fit quite the mold of international, but I didn't fit the U.S. citizenship because my transcript was a foreign transcript. So it was, it was a mess. For them, I was like, just let me in. And so I had to wait a year. I had to work for a year so I could become a resident of the state and claim taxes and do all the things. And so once I worked for a year, then I was able to get into college. And and then I wanted to be an architect. And so I go to my counselor and I say, okay, I'm ready. I want to declare my major. I want to be an architect because that's how in Mexico City, that's how the education works. So you decide from the moment you're in high school what you're going to study. 
And he was like, okay, well, this is a smaller university and we don't have architecture. You would have to transfer to another, a bigger university. And I was like, what? Like I was, it was very confusing. And so I learned to navigate different obstacles by myself because I also didn't have any resources. I had to learn the language because I had grown up in a different country that speaks a different language. And so I had to encounter also being racially profiled because people in the Midwest at the time when I studied, they weren't used to seeing brown people. And so they weren't used to seeing people that didn't speak English as their first language. And so there was a lot of navigation of identity that I also had to face myself because the moment I arrived in the US, I became part of different boxes that I had to check. Whereas where I came from, it's a very classist and there's a lot of colorism. And But I had a lot of privileges that I lost when I came to the US because then I became an immigrant. Then I had to check that box. Then I had to check the box where I had to select my gender and I had to check the box where I had to select my my language and my ethnicity. That I to me that in the beginning I was like, why do you need to know what? what? (laughs) (laughs) So it's a lot of things that long answer to a short question. My journey started then, and then I've been in it since. Do you know? I I I love I love that share, and I think you know it's it's interesting, especially for someone like myself who definitely doesn't know what that's like. You know, to go and live in a uh, you know in a foreign country or a place where you where your language isn't the spoken one and uh, and to have to to learn that so my question to you on that was <clears throat> like were you speaking english back in mexico anyway or like was was there a bit of english you were speaking or was it like completely new no there was so i had the privilege to have gone to private school which gives you a foreign language gives you english as, as a class. And so I had some foundation of the language. I had also lived in LA. My parents split when I was 11 and my mom moved to Los Angeles after my dad left. And so I had lived a couple of years in Los Angeles and I went to high school actually in Venice high school. And cool. that's where I got to like had to be immersed in the language. However, if you know anything about the US, California, it's very brown. So there's lots of people that speak Spanish in there. So it wasn't as necessary for me to completely switch to English versus when I got to to the Midwest, it was just English. (laughs) And there was a lot of shame around not speaking it. Yeah, well, you know, um, <laughs> there's some stereotypes that we could we could profile in the Midwest that I know about, um, but we won't. Um, but yeah, look, you know, and I think this is I love that you said um, it was determination and decision making <clears throat> that you had to you had to switch on or you had to lock into because you know those two things, you know, for <laughs> I'm going to highlight myself. I was terrible at those two, you know, until until an older age. It took me a long while to actually become better at those, to have the determination and decision-making ability, actually knowing how to make better decisions and sticking to them, like commitment. Mm-hmm. And so to, to, to have had those at an early age I think is, you know, probably why you've had the success that you've had moving forward, you know, and, and it is, right, it is those... Um, those moments of thinking, what have I got myself into? <laughs> what the hell am I doing here? They're the best times, right? Like they're the times where you learn the most. 
you know, rather sure. than just everything's, you know, everything's going smooth, everything's cool. Like this morning, um, I woke up to news of a, I was going to share my TEDx speech because I just had a TEDx. Um, Congrats. Thank you. Just had a TEDx talk go live a couple of days ago. I thought, oh, no, I'm going to share it on my Instagram account. And I went to, you know, get the video and I looked and I thought, oh, someone's doing a live um, video, like sharing my speech. How nice is that? I clicked on it. <clears throat> And the guy that's uh, basically tearing my speech to shreds and I, initially, because I was just waking up, don't look at your phone when you first wake up, by the way. Yes. Um, and I, <laughs> I looked at it and I went, oh, no. And then I thought, hang on, no, this is good. This is good because I can actually, you know, well, first of all, people are actually going to look at my speech and some people mm-hmm. might like it and some people might not and that's okay. But I thought for me as a speaker, how good is it that, you know, it, it isn't great. Like I think it's okay. I think it's good. But, yes, it could be a lot better. And so now I can, not today, but I'm going to later I'm going to go back through that, that live that that guy did and I'll work out what things can I take from his, his analysis mm-hmm. of what I did so that I can get better the next time. Totally. And I'm, I'm, and I'm assuming that that's what, that's what you've done, you know, as you've moved forward and especially from a fairly young age going through university. So tell us what, what was the, I know you mentioned architecture. What was the, what was the, uh, the next step for you? Did, did you do architecture or did you choose something else? No, because I didn't want to transfer. It was already too much labor, emotional and physical to have moved a whole country in order for that school to say, oh, no, you don't belong here. (laughs) And so I stayed and I am a graphic designer by trade. Beautiful. And I went through the whole program for graphic design. I'm a creative by nature. I've always drawn. I've always been into into art. But I grew up with with, with a grandfather who was very strong about having a, an education that because he his mentality was the industrial revolution mentality of you you get a job you get a degree you get a job and you work there until you retire so you can have a good life yeah and so i grew up between in 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 the parallel of him my grandfather who was like you have to have an education etc cetera, etc cetera. and my father sorry for the plane and my father who who's a musician and he grew up with his father who told him to get a degree. And so the moment my dad got his degree, he was like, here it is. That's what you want it from me. Now I'm going to go pursue my passion, which was music. And he's a psychotherapist now. And he does all these like things. And so me growing up with those models, <laughs> I didn't want to be the unstable entrepreneur like my dad was. And even my mom later. So I went the safe way, which was to school. And, and I love school. I love school. If I didn't have to take so many tests that they require here, I would probably go back to school, but I'm not about the standardized test. And so I went to graphic design and I loved it. And that's where I fell in love with painting and I fell in love with illustration and drawing, but I had this fear and this limited belief that my that carried from my grandpa, who was like, you're not going to make any money by doing art. And so I went to the secure 
degree, which was graphic design. I could work in an office. I could work in a, in a design firm, in an agency, and you know, survive versus being the starving artist that my dad like was when earlier then. So, you know, it it, it reminds me, and you probably know this, um, Paolo Coelho. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went. Do you know the story? I don't know the story, but I know him. Okay. I mean, I know of him. Yeah, so Paolo Coelho, um, most notably people probably know the book The Alchemist, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is an incredible book, incredible story. And he he tells the story, in fact, my mother's met him because my mum was running a bookstore when um, he came over to Australia to do a tour. Oh, and awesome. uh, should have got him to sign the book. Anyway. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. She, uh, sorry, he he tells a story that when when he was growing up, his family, his his mother and father said, do not, like he said, I want to be a writer. And they said, no, no, you don't make money from writing. Like, no, don't do that. And, uh, and so for a little bit of time, he decided, okay, well, I'll go and do what my parents think I should do. And he just still had this passion inside him that he wanted to write and he just loved writing. And so he ended up writing these books but the the one book that he wrote the alchemist um and i think uh must be is he brazilian so it must be portuguese He's brazilian yeah yeah and so there was a um what do you call them publisher or someone who works in a publishing company in the united states was traveling i think they must have been brazilian and they were traveling through brazil and they went to one of the bookstores and they found this book and they were like my God, this book's incredible. I think we could actually make something of this. And so he, he, and he wasn't making any money in Brazil, you know, from writing books. And then all of a sudden this one publisher or this person who works at the publishing house picks it up and then takes it back and they say, yeah, this book is incredible. We've got to make this, um, we're going to, we're going to make this into, into English. And then, and it's, it became one of the most, you know, uh, I don't know how many books it sold, but it sold a hell of a lot and it made him, finally gave him the notoriety and and the point of the story just like you is that when you when you have a passion for something when you have a love for something and you and you decide to follow through and do it no matter what people are going to say um at some point you know you're going to win right yep yeah it's patience (laughs) it's patience yes but it's also keep doing it like keep putting in the work you know keep uh keep producing, you know, that content and don't do it necessarily because you want to get all this, you know, accolade and fame. Do it because it's something that's true to you, something that's, you know, that way you're authentic and people pick up on that, don't they? Absolutely. And one of the things that I have learned throughout the plane, all the years, I live by the airport, that's very annoying, is that... I can't hear it, by the way. No? Okay, great. Um, Timelines that sometimes we we do a lot of like work and then it's not, the timeline hasn't aligned to whatever it needs to be. But if you have the passion to make it happen, keep doing it. And I mean, that's part of the messy middle that people don't talk about, that it's one of my favorite things (laughs) to kind of like embark on this journey of perseverance because you believe in in whatever it is the writing or the painting or the creation and sharing couldn't agree more couldn't agree more so graphic design and and by the way i i I was looking at that painting behind you it's absolutely is that me whoops 
Sorry. <laughs> That's my phone. Hey, we're live. Um <clears throat> I was, I was recognising the painting behind you. I said, wow, that's beautiful. Did you do that? And you said, yeah, I did actually. And, you know, and so, and as you said, you've got a love for creating these, you know, incredible um, different types of, you know, creations that you that you put together. And so what was the what was the journey? Because, you know, now what you do, there's, there's different aspects of what you do and how you do it. <clears throat> and the theme that I could see when I was doing a little bit of quick research <laughs> behind the scenes <laughs> was that there's the connection between, which is why I highlighted spreading ideas and uh, and moving people, you know, and, and I'm assuming it's moving people in a positive way, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, impactful, positive, motivational, inspirational way. And, and I see that with you. I see that with you. In fact, I think I've um, known you for maybe a couple of years. Um, and and I've seen the the changes, like the flow. I've seen the flow, you know, through that couple of years, that evolution of what you've been doing. And and to me that, you know, that's that exact thinking, which is always thinking about how can I improve, how can I grow, how can I enhance. And but I see the key, the key message that you're constantly must be rolling around in your mind is how can I do, what can I do that is is going to actually make a difference? What can I do that's going to make a difference? And how can I involve that and help others to, to do similar? Which is why, perhaps, you tell you tell us, perhaps that's why you've picked, been picked up twice by Oprah or Oprah's magazine. So tell us a little bit about the, you know, the transition or the or the moving into this space and how did the podcast and everything come about and maybe explain what exactly that is. Totally. Well, so after I decided that I was going to be a graphic designer, I went into corporate because that was the safe thing to do. And both of my parents are work for themselves. So a good employee model doesn't exist for me. <laughs> I was just going by like, okay, this is a safe thing to do. I guess this is what we do. So naturally, because I grew up with two parents that worked for themselves, I wanted to solve problems. And this is also my nature. So I was working in corporate and I was traveling a lot, doing trainings and whatever position I was in last. And I started listening to podcasts back in 2015. And I was looking because I'm so close to my culture and so proud of it. And I've been so detached from who I am and tried to to. People have tried to remove my identity for so long that I've just kind of clung to it and and I make it loud and proud and you say Pampa because that's what it is. And so so I was looking for podcasts that that reflected the stories of people that looked and sounded like me, that had similar upbringings, people that were immigrants, people that were first generation, people that spoke Spanglish and all of the things in between. And I couldn't find that. There were very few podcasts that could, that were bringing people that had a similar last name to mine or that were doing awesome things. And there were very few hosted podcasts or hosts that were Latinx, Brown, Latina. The ones that I found then were co-hosted, but none of them were interview-based. And I really loved interview-based podcasts because it's almost like, we dive into a conversation when you listen to it, somebody's interview, it's like you're, you're dropping and something. Yeah. And so 
I couldn't right. find that. And one of the things that my parents always said was, well, if you want a solution and the solution's not there, that's your job. So I went into this journey of like, I'm going to start a podcast. The first thought is, well, the name. And I love coffee. In college, I learned to like coffee because being an art student, you submit projects and I'm a recovered procrastinator. So I was constantly in the art department overnighting projects. And so coffee became my best friend. So I was really into coffee. I wanted it to be a conversation. Me being a Latina from Mexico City, typically when you hang out with friends and you're in Australia, so I'm sure it happens the same that you're like, let's go grab a cup of coffee. Absolutely. And that's when you catch up. So the podcast is Cafe Con Pam. So we drink coffee or quote over a conversation. And I ask people about their story and how they got here. What's their heritage? Because that's something that's aside from, and it's more expansive from checking a box. This is your Latina or Latino. It's, it allows for your lineage to come through. It's, it allows for the, for all the colorful pieces of the makeup that makes you when you ask to, in my opinion, when you ask what the heritage is. And so that's how the podcast came about. And it came from a need that I had to listen to the stories of my people. <laughs> it was a very selfish endeavor. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Good. And, and I think that's, uh, someone was asking me today, <clears throat> one of my, one of my clients, past clients, actually, she, uh, she, she was a bit stuck and she was a bit stuck with an idea of who she's actually, you know, who's her avatar or who is she, who is she actually promoting to? Who are the people that she's trying to connect with? And I said to her, you know, how, how connected are you to the idea of helping those particular people? Like, are they the people that you want to help? Because maybe that's the disconnection is sometimes mm-hmm. we think, well, that, you know, I guess what I do, maybe that fits this kind of model of type of person, what they do, how they do it. But, you know, if you're not deeply connected, so I think being selfish in what it is that you like is actually a really important part, especially if you're going to do something, you know, for an extended period of time, especially like a podcast, if you want to do this for, you know, if you're going to have these conversations with people, you want to actually enjoy it. Otherwise, you know, it's the same with clients with, uh, I'm sure like you with with being a business coach, it's, you know, do I want to work with these people? Because, you know, if it's if it's going to be six months or a year or maybe it's an indefinite period of time, then, you know, do I want to actually spend my time with those people? Is it going to be worth my time? Am I actually going to enjoy it? And, yes, that's a selfish way of looking at it, but that, that person may not get the best out of you if you're not a good, if you're not a good fit. And it's the same with, uh, with your audience, right? It's probably why your podcast is so successful because, the audience are like, wow, you're really talking to me and I can feel your genuine enthusiasm and passion and energy. And, you know, because it's not always the words that we say, it's how we make, you know, people feel. What is that saying? Um, My people don't always remember what you say, but they'll remember how you made them feel. Yes. I think I got that That's right. Good old word to Maya. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I love it. So, yes, uh, I think continue to do that. Um, I'm actually... I haven't told you this, but I'm actually upgrading my podcast um, over the next month where it's going to, because I've upgraded my 
brand, it was Freedom Coaching. Now it's Supercharged Freedom. And so I'm going to do the Supercharged Freedom podcast. Um, so I keep everything, you know, I'm keeping the brand the one thing. For all like, branded, yay. All branded, yeah. And so, but that was the thing as well, right? Like uh, I mentioned before about the, the, the I was going to say Superman. It is about Superman, but my mm-hmm. TEDx talk is about unleashing your inner superhero. And that was not the idea when I first thought about becoming a coach, becoming a mentor to people. That really wasn't it, but it actually became an, it became a part of it. And I realised, hang on a minute, I've actually loved Superman from the age of one. I used to nag my mum to buy me a Superman costume at the age of one. Like what kids are doing that? You know, Spender the whole time. Yeah, yeah, and there was this, and then I realised, as you, you know, Steve Jobs says you can't connect the dots moving forward, but you can connect them looking back. And when I was looking back at this this fascination with Superman, as a, a lot of men and some women do have, it's uh, it's yeah, right, dates right back to the age of one, and there was many evolutions of different things that I did, which I shared in the TEDx talk, um, and that's you know part of why it got torn to shreds because you know. There's only so much you can fit in 10 minutes, right? Um, But that's the point, right, is that um, like you with what you're doing, it's figuring out what are the things that you like and then added to that, what are the the things that I can do better? How can I improve it? How can I? And you take the feedback, right, from what some people are saying and sharing and things that they like and don't like. So what was the the next evolution of of what you're doing? And maybe that's the business coaching, but uh, I know the... The creative that you've put together, which I had a quick look at, which seems to be about helping people to stop for a bit of time being on this. Is that right? Um, Woods, mindful productivity. And my focus is, is women. So I work a lot with women, with humans who bleed. So I work a lot with the menstrual cycle now and it's super fun because it's a very disruptive kind of topic because not everyone is, is like people are like wait what are you talking about and so especially man the next evolution yeah from from the show from the podcast i mean it started as a very selfish thing to do because i wanted to hear i was hungry to hear the stories of people that look like me and sounded like me and grew up like me and then when i started listening to like or actually when people started listening and they were like, oh my gosh, where have you been? And I really love this so-and-so story. And I really love when they said this. That's when I realized that the podcast was, was bigger than me. It was it was no longer about me. It was about the impact and the legacy that not only are my leaving, but now it, like it's cool. It's really about the space that it the podcast has become to allow others to share their impact and their legacy and create that inspiration and motivation for others to keep going because it's very easy. It gets lonely. It's very easy for, for like somebody to hate on you and you'd be like, well, that was just happened. (laughs) When you hear other people that maybe have gone through that same thing, there's a lot of power in, in, into seeing things being modeled and you talk about a hater. I got a, a podcast review early who gave me two stars and it was my first two-star review. And they said, well, you need to drop your, what are they called? What is it called? I have it in Spanish. 
like the oh my gosh like that that what is it called that accent or whatever and and I was like oh my I oh my gosh I don't talk like that but <laughs> so they were very critical <laughs> of of how yeah. I talk and I mean at the first thing I was like of course I'm human being like it hurts like ouch because it's directed at what I said, it's direct. It's not even like, oh, it was an opinion or, you know, it's like, this is who you are and you suck for it. But then, I mean, I remembered when my grandma would say, if you're not being loud, then nobody's going to say anything. And so the moment you're being loud enough, that's when you're, you're, you're ruffling feathers, you're making waves, you are spreading ideas and moving people in whichever positive or negative. And so I responded to, I did a live on that, on that, um, on that review. And I was like, thank you for giving me the feedback and thank you for allowing me to trigger you in such a way that you took the time to, to leave all of this, this feedback. I appreciate it. And then he, he or she, they came back like a year later and upped their stars and updated their their review and they were like, well, I gave you another try, another chance, and I really like what you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, how good is that? Yeah. So I mean taking the feedback and in, in every all the feedback, haters are always going to be there. And so I'm getting back to the question. What was the next revolution? It was really inquiring about the needs of of people. What do, what do they need now? Because I had fulfilled what I wanted, which was talk to awesome people and interview them. But the next step was what, what is it that now that I have the privilege of, of holding space and taking up space, what can I do to support them? And so that was when I went into all of this journey, the bigger, longer journey, I quit my job. So I left the corporate world and that was not fun. Now I can talk about it, but it was painful because I did it without a plan, no exit strategy, something I do not recommend people doing. And then I said, I'm going to work for myself. And that was very painful because I got humbled in so many ways. And I started a branding agency because I had I asked myself, what is the one thing that I can do that I don't have to learn? Well, I'm a designer. I can design stuff. So I started freelance designing things for people. And then I started growing. I hired people under me because I realized that while I love art, I don't like moving pixels. Like sitting because of my neurodiverse brain, you really cannot sit there and move pixels all day. And so I became the creative director of my branding. And I had a junior designer doing the work. And then it didn't feel right anymore. <laughs> and I hired a coach. And this coach, we were working on my business. And she was like, well, Pam, I love what you're doing. You're calling yourself a brand strategist. You're telling me all the things that how you're helping people what you're doing is you're coaching. And I was like, no, I live in San Diego, the land of the coaches. Everyone is a coach. Like 
my barista is a coach. I'm not going to be one more coach. And she's like, whatever you want to do, I'm telling you you're coaching. And so I went into this resistance, very intense resistance. And I went to like after a long time, I went to coaching school. So I'm a certified life coach. I then got trained for to do EFT, which I'm an EFT practitioner. So, and as I kind of like was leaving my branding, I closed my branding business and then opened a coaching business because I also had an opportunity. So as I was in this resistance, when the universe is like, well, this is the path that you're on now. It's almost like like a trail, like a train, you know, when the when the train tracks just kind of like switch direction yeah. <laughs> and there's like no way to get back on it. That's what happened. I got an opportunity to to coach for for a company and I loved it. And I went back to my coach and I was like, well, I don't want to say this, but you were right. I really like coaching. <laughs> and this is where I am. That's beautiful. And uh, it, it, it does work like that, right? <clears throat> Especially when you, you hear something, you think, no, I don't want to be that or <clears throat> that's not what I do. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then if you, if you are a thinker, if you are someone that, you know, takes it on board and thinks, are they right? And you go down that road. Yeah. It, uh, actually, no, I, I want to tell you, <clears throat> I'm not married anymore, but my, my, my past mother-in-law, she, this is how many years ago? Maybe well over a decade ago, maybe 2009 or 2010, I remember her saying to me, and she used to call me Breddy, she'd say, Breddy, I really think you could be a life coach. <laughs> I was like, 20, what? 2009? Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember thinking, what? A life coach? No. And I didn't really, to be honest, I didn't really know what a life coach did. <clears throat> what were but, you doing then? Um, back then I was in real estate. So I used to be a real estate sales agent. Yeah. And, uh, and she said, oh, what was that? Very different. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. Very different. I've had a few, (laughs) I've had a few things before I got here, but, but the point is, yeah, sometimes people will see something in you and, and they'll recognize like, and obviously your coach was saying, you're actually coaching, you're actually doing it already. But for me, I wasn't doing anything of the sort, but she recognized something in me back then. And I actually saw her, because uh, I have a good relationship with my ex, I actually went and picked up my son maybe a month or so ago and uh, and I saw them and, you know, and she was, um, we're still friendly and she, uh, she said, uh, and we hadn't spoken since I started doing what I'm doing, and she said, oh, I told you that you'd be doing this. <laughs> I said, yeah, I know. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. She planted the seed. She did plant the seed. Yeah, she she knew. But th- that's the thing, right? You mentioned the the, <laughs> the train track. It it goes and you can't get back on the other track. You're like, yeah, oh, well, I'm on this train now. <clears throat> I guess. It's a new route. <laughs> yeah, it's a new route. Yeah. And uh, it reminds me, I'm going to ask you this question. It reminds me of the work that I do with people is helping them, and you know as a life coach, <clears throat> helping them to work out what is it that you actually want to do? Like what is it that you'd really love to to work towards? What's this goal that you might like to strive towards? And so my question to you is what was it for you and, and has your has your goal been the same even though the variation of what you're doing is different? Is, is your goal the same or have you 
reached certain points so far and, and you've reset that that goal or that idea of what it is you're, you're moving towards? Because as you and I know, the goal is not the goal. Mm-hmm. Well, the goal is always to, it's always been to spread ideas with people, is to to make an impact in people in a way that they realize that they can choose. There's always a choice. And whether that is from, from listening to an episode from someone with whoever, or taking a class from me or tapping with me or doing a whole coaching program with me, there's, they, they always can choose in which direction they go. And sometimes the train will tra- will switch the route, but you can also choose to get off the train. And so that's also a choice. And so the goal has, I didn't know it when I started the podcast that I wanted to change lives because it, again, it was selfish. But now I do take my priv- the privilege that I have of taking space and to always leave the door open behind me. And if I can grab somebody and tell them to grab three more people because I have had the opportunity to be in spaces where people that look like me haven't been there before. And so I think the goal has grown. The, the goal has evolved just like, just like I have, I've grown. I, I've said some problematic things before. And now I am like, how, what the heck was I thinking? <laughs> but you're allowed to change your mind and you're allowed to grow and, and evolve and change and, and become better as long as we're moving forward, we're falling forward. I love it. You know, and I heard someone say the other day, it might have been might have been David Meltzer or someone said the other day that people get annoyed with him because they'll they'll tell him he'll say what he's actually doing or where he's working towards, and then he'll change his mind. And he said, and, and I'm unapologetic about that because there's going to be variations on what you do and how you do it as you move along. And I think that what you've just said is not necessarily that the goal is changed. It's, it's as you said, it's evolved or it's it's enhanced or it's got different, you know, elements to what it is. And uh, you know, and I think that's why, as I as I kind of um, cotton on to pretty quickly, the um, whoops, just trying to bring it up, the spreading ideas and moving people. Um, I could I could sense that that is a big part of the whole you know the whole thing everything just making sure my phone doesn't ring again <laughs> everything that you do is kind of attached to um, to that kind of principle or that um, ethos perhaps we might even call it you know that you're mm-hmm. that you're striving to make sure that you you're aligned to that and as you said taking people through with you you know as you start to move through some of those doors. And I think it's beautiful, you know, that's, and I think that's, that's something that everyone, no matter what you're doing, whether you're, whether you're wanting to do what Pam's doing or what I'm doing, it's make a decision that you are actually going to do your best to, you know, maybe not help people, but certainly leave people with an impression of increase so they can actually take something from that. And I think for me, and, and you tell me if you agree with this, I think for me, that's what purpose is. It's really understanding that, um, yes, of course, you've got to make sure you look after you, but it's how can what I how can what I do, how can that actually be something that 
makes an impact in a positive way to help others. And that's been the thing for me that has allowed me to do what I wasn't doing before, like you did very early on, which is be have that determination and, and be able to make better decisions, be good at making decisions, decision-making. So I love mm-hmm. what you shared so far. And we've got uh, probably about another 10 minutes or so. So what I'd love you to maybe give us the the overview of, you know, the I love that you got Stay Shining behind you. The yeah, the <laughs> uh the the shining part, you know, to your star. Um, and it's and it, and as we know, it's not just about you, it's about what this enables you to do, as in give space and and allow you to evolve and enhance what you do to help others. So the Oprah part, like how did that come about? And what, and what was that? Was it different the two times or was it the same element? No, it was different. It was different. I I started, it was literally, I had no idea. And I woke up one day to like, oh my gosh, like all these DMs, congratulations. This is awesome, Pam. That's super cool. And I was like, did I share something in, on accident? Like what's happening? And so I, before I started responding to people's DMs, I was like, like, because some of them were people that I had not, that I don't talk to in the regular. And so I'm like, did I say that it was my birthday? Like I was very confused the first time. And then somebody, a friend of mine messaged me and, and they were like, you were featured in Oprah and Oprah mag. And I was like, oh my gosh, wait, wait, is this, wait. <laughs> and imposter syndrome is real. Yeah. And so I was like, this is a fluke. Like, you know, like there's another podcast. There's a couple of podcasts that are the start with Cafe Con. So definite fluke. They didn't mean to put me. They just put, you know, they just got messed up with the name. And, and then it was, it was real. And so the first time, like it hit in a way that allowed me to see that what I was, it was validation to what I was doing. And not that I needed the validation, but like when mama Oprah says, you cool. (laughs) And it's just like, all right. So I cried, I went live and I, when I, I was like, oh my gosh, now I know why why everyone is telling me congratulations. And it hit me in a way that I felt recognized, but I think I also felt recognized for my lineage and I felt recognized for all the voices that I had shared. And I felt recognized for all the people that listened to me. Like, yeah, we're, we are on there because what I believe is that we can co-create everything that I do is a co-creation from the people that I serve. And so it was a win for everyone. And so I was like bawling and people were like, oh my gosh, you're not just going to ugly cry here and you're alive. <laughs> but I mean, I believe in vulnerability and transparency and, and sharing the good, the bad and, and the ugly because everyone goes through it. And so the first time was intense in, in a good way and like, oh my God. And then the second time I also didn't know, I learned about the second time, like two weeks later or something. And one of my podcaster friends was like, oh, congratulations on your podcast on your other. And so the first one was in Oprah magazine. The other one was in Oprah daily. And so the second time 
my friend was like, congratulations on, on your Oprah, Oprah Daily feature mention. And I was like, the day reshare the first one, you know, so I had to kind of like dig and go back into it. And I was very grateful. And so I, I posted about it. I did a story on it and I said, thank you to the reporter who covered it. And, and it's so much gratitude to, to see that the work that you do and the stories that you are sharing are being recognized. That's how it happened. I love it. I love it. And yeah. And, you know, I love that you just use the word gratitude because I was thinking, you know, where I think some people might go wrong, by the way, hello, James and hello, Anthony, for, for tuning in. James Whitaker, <clears throat> the legend. Hi. The legend. Um, <laughs> and look, gratitude, gratitude is, I remember when I started this journey properly, which <laughs> which was a lot later than it should have been. <clears throat> I remember gratitude was something that I, I didn't have a practice of gratitude and that has definitely been something, especially as, you know, as you mentioned, when we, when we start to do things that get noticed and we start to do things, my phone's ringing off the, off the hook, <laughs> when we start to get noticed and people actually are tuning in and, and, and other people like, you know, like I mentioned earlier, like someone decides to do a, um, alive and talk and basically talk about what they think about your TEDx talk, you know, and some of those things it's, it's having gratitude for, you know, for the fact that, as you said, it's, it's a, especially when you're doing the things that we're doing, it's, it's, it's not all about you, you know, it's, a, you're an important piece of the, of the, of the, you know, like if we don't actually get up and put the, you know, everything together, then we can't have these guests come and, you know, share their ideas and then have the audience actually get involved and engage and share some thoughts. And as you said, it's it's a team effort without all of those different pieces. And so being grateful is doesn't matter what you're doing, just having having a moment where you actually say every day, what am I actually grateful for? And it could be just a few things. I, I had a my practice became so involved. It took me two hours to get through all the different things that I wanted to do every morning. Oh my gosh. It was just a bit too much. And so I scaled it back, but my list of gratitude, I think I had about 50 plus things every day that I would go through, go through right out that I was grateful for. And, uh, and there were other elements like sending love to people. I sent love to over a hundred people every day. And uh, and then all the different things that I was working towards, my goals, that was well over 50 different things. And not to say that I wasn't focused on one big thing, which I still am, but, <clears throat> but gratitude. I'm glad you mentioned it because it's if anything, if anyone, <laughs> sorry, James is saying I'm grateful for Brett and Pam. Uh, we're grateful for James. you, my friend. Yes. So, you know, um, moving forward, you know, and I know it's going to be spreading more ideas and moving more people in a positive, impactful, inspirational way. And, you know, and I'm I'm grateful that you took the time to say, hey, Brett, okay, I can do this. Let's get on. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I've got two hours to organise this. All right, let's do it. But, you know, sometimes the greatest interviews or the greatest things happen when you just make a decision and go, yes, okay, we're going to do it. And yeah. so... You know, and I think this is this is a uh, what do they call it? Um, you know, it's it's the it's the actual doing of what we're actually talking about, right? It's the actual action. You know, we're talking about these things, but 
we're actually just demonstrating this is actually how it works. You've got to actually, and James loves it, he's got the word written on the back of his wall which says action. It's the ingredient that we all need to do. And sometimes mm-hmm. some things that we do, and you haven't shared too many of them, but I'm sure there's been a few things that didn't work. Things oh that my you gosh. Thought, oh, my God, what, what the hell you was know, it? You know, failing things. <laughs> failing things, yeah. And you're not failing, but you've if something doesn't work out you think oh my god did I actually create that but you know and I don't want to end on that I want you to share all the different things that didn't work out but you just (laughs) highlighted yes there were a few things but it it is you know it is actually just you know keep doing the things and and look at what you've done if it didn't work out okay well how can I improve this how can I make this better just like my power in the train yeah exactly just like my TEDx talk I I said I did a live on it today and I said I could easily think, um, I could easily say, hey, TEDx, can you just pull down my um, pull down my uh, my speech because I'm actually going to redo it and I'm going to make it better and I'm going to improve it and then you can put it back up. They wouldn't do it, but, you know, I could, I could think <laughs> like that or I could think like that. But right. rather than going down that line, I'm thinking this is awesome because, okay, it's, <laughs> it's not the speech where everyone goes, oh, my gosh, where's this guy come from? This is the best speech I've ever seen in my life. And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that there's a lot of air, there's a lot of room for improvement. And so I'm looking at it going, great, okay, well, as I said to you earlier, I can go back through that person's live and I can have a listen to some of those things that, that he's suggesting were terrible. And I can think, okay, the next time I do a speech or a talk, I can actually make sure that I do this better and do that, enhance this. And I was already thinking that after I'd, recorded the the speech five times I thought I could do another one <laughs> I could do, I could change this I thought you just got to stop you just got to stop so that's hey, better than perfect it is so yeah. what would you like to leave like what's the idea because you love spreading ideas what's the idea that you'd love to leave everyone with what is that uh, that thing that perhaps will get people thinking and maybe more important than that will get people actually moving other people in a positive, impactful, inspirational, motivational way? I think it's going to be stay shining. It's Ooh, stay yeah. shining is something I've said since the beginning. I always close my podcast with stay shining. And the meaning of stay shining, have you heard of, of Kintsugi? Yep. The Japanese art of mending the broken. And for a long time, I felt very broken for many reasons that we're not going to get it. And I realized that the moment I chose to use the fire and the light inside of me, then all of those pieces that felt broken really made me whole. And if we were to put a light bulb inside, then that light through the cracks, that's how it gets like spread. And that's how you shine even more. And so versus if you were a closed container with no cracks, then there wouldn't be as much. And so stay shining and find your fire within the light that's inside of you and you have it. I love it. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And, and you're a hundred percent correct. It is uh, <clears throat> all of the things that, that, that we'd love to achieve in our external world. They start in here. You know, and and you're right. I love that. Um, I love that share. So, I want to say thank you, big thank you to you for making the time to actually come and share some of your uh, some of your journey. And you know, I'm a big fan. Big fan. Same. 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, and I'm sure we're going to support each other in moving forward. And if there's anything at all that I can do for you, please, you know, and you know I mean it, make sure you let me know thank and you. I will do thank it. And, uh, and Anthony's saying stay shining. You love the talk. Thank you, my friend. And I will no doubt be catching up with you very soon in one of our masterminds. And uh, yes, thank you again. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the invitation. This was super fun. It was fun. Yes. Uh, and I'm sure there'll be another one on the Supercharged Freedom Podcast coming up soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How exciting. All right, lovely. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you now. so much. See ya. And as they say in show business, that's a wrap. Well, I truly hope you enjoyed this episode and remember to subscribe and click on the bell to stay tuned for the next installment. And remember, as I always say, leave at least one person today with the impression of increase. That means have them leaving you feeling better off having spent time with you than not. And hopefully that's exactly what I've done with you today.